Hey, how's it hanging? How's it happen? You guys know this is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast, presented by, supported by Dark Fusion Systems, the best computer experience you can get for your gaming, creative, whatever it might be. You want to know who they also endorse? Ryan Kirby from Fit for King. That is right. So you can be just like him, just like me. Get $100 off of your entire build using the code CPPPOD at darkfusionsystems.com. description of the podcast. Put that code in anytime during the order. You're going to get that $100 off. Ooh, yeah. Now we're going back to Canadian hardcore, putting the focus on with a band called Soul Pays. And we talk about growing in the Canadian hardcore scene, a band that has come up since its really rebirth after the pandemic. And this band is freaking awesome. Also, a Creed hardcore cover. Yeah, yeah. This idea is concepted. Are you guys ready to get in love with a great band? Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast, I said we were going to put a spotlight on the Canadian hardcore scene, and we are doing it today. And we've got a brand new band from the Canadian hardcore scene that you might not know, but let's put a spotlight on them. Let's get you to know more about them. Let's get you into some great hardcore music. From the KW area in Canada, please welcome Tark, Jordy, Ian, and Mitch, the band Soul Pace of the podcast. So, gentlemen, welcome to Court Progression Podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being on, guys. And let's start this out because I'm not sure how many people necessarily know you right now. So let's get people to know. Let's get people to know the backstory of you. So in a synopsis, maybe if you guys keep it like five minutes, like summary of the history of Soul Pays, go for it. I want to hear it. Let's get more people to embrace you guys. Okay, cool. So um, it started out, I was writing some songs around COVID time like 2020-ish. Um, I w- always wanted to like do some heavier kind of music, some hardcore stuff. Uh, and I was in some bands before, but we never really did that. And that the band I was in before kind of ended. And so I was like, fuck, I'll just keep writing some shit. And the original idea was just to write, uh, was the five songs that we have now, was to write those um, and then just get them recorded and just throw it up under some random name and just kind of put it up there. And, and uh, so I st- started kind of doing that at home and just recording like the guitars to a click track. And I brought it to Ian, who I known uh, through playing with his like band Danger Liker. We've been friends for a few years and uh, we started working on it. And then he was into it and he was like, OK, cool. Like, I'll play guitar for you if you want to do a band. And then uh, and then we had a drummer at the time named Evan who was into that, too, and so we wanted to play drums for the band and we got a bass player and it kind of ended up just being a band. And we slowly like recorded all the songs and then uh, just been putting them out and playing the regular shows uh, like every once in a while. And um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know, we just put a single out like every few months or so. And um, I'm trying to think of what we've done after that. We've just been playing shows and trying to put out singles and stuff and then, and we uh got Tarek in the band around january of this year i think and then uh, october oh really okay and he joined october last year um and then uh mitch joined our band in uh i think like july july or august on drums because we didn't have a drummer at the time and yeah we just been playing a bunch of shows the last few months and stuff and really getting things going and yeah i guess that's kind of how the band uh, like band and starting everything. Well, I yeah. mean, that's that's about <laughs> as good of as like a, like two, two and a half minute synopsis as you can get. And I think the, one of the main takeaways I got to ask about that specifically, though, is 
you guys, like you started writing music for this. You guys were in different bands before, but you started really writing music for this during the pandemic, during COVID time. And like what you said, Jordy, you were writing this stuff and you used to be in a lot of other bands that really didn't fit towards the hardcore style. So why did you decide to go and write more towards the hardcore style during that time, which has led you guys to where you are today with Soul Pays? Um, well, I think for me, it was just because of the music I was into at the time. At the time, uh, the new Code Orange record, at the time it was new, it was called Underneath, it came out. And then I'd been really into Turnstile and like Knock Loose and everything for years and Comeback Kid. And I was like, oh, fuck it, let me just do that. Because it was kind of hard because I could never write that music before and everything I tried to do just sucked. And so I was like, that, that, that just sucks, man. So I just, I would have like a riff idea and would work on it and then just come up with one arrangement and then switch that around and tweak riffs and stuff so it was really cool as like a guitar player and like challenging to make something that was like uh uh like fun to play but i also thought could be like a really cool song and so i think and at the time too the world was kind of weird i guess it's always a bit weird but i i I don't know it was just you were kind of just like in your own world so you could just kind of do your thing and had some extra time on your hands so i just tried to like put it to use so it wasn't wasted watching youtube or anything but i don't know i've loved that music for like years so i thought it'd be rad to do something with it and be in that scene and play shows and everything i don't know i just always thought that world was super cool and wanted to be a part of it so that makes sense and when i recently i talked with the guys in rust one of the things that they brought up was a lot of people were getting more into hardcore music especially in canada during the pandemic Uh during covid time specifically because that was a type of music that you could accurately just let a lot of those feelings out of anger, rage, disappointment due to everything that was going on in the world, due to all the shutdowns, all the restrictions that were put on people. I know we, like we had restrictions put on us in the US and what we could do, what we couldn't do. I know in Canada, though, you guys had it even worse than we did here when it came to restrictions. So I'm trying to like really connect with that music and really put a lot into it. Once the pandemic broke and once more people were getting into that kind of music due to the nature of its sound, due to the nature of its emotions, it was somewhere now the scene was able to start to really have a chance to grow because so many people were focused in on it due to the emotional balance and the emotional roller coaster everyone had gone through, especially from like, you know, March of 2020 till about, you know, January of 2022. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, it was it was a super yeah, it was super trippy just looking at the world in a different way too. And so that like affected everything lyrically and just uh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was it, it at least got something like positive out of it, right? Is like art's always a cool thing for that. So um yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, at least something cool came out of it and everything. Cause yeah, it was super a weird time and trippy and everything. It definitely was one weird time. I I, got to ask the other guys, though, too. It's like when, you know, during the pandemic, was that a time when you were really getting more connected with hardcore music and really helped you get into this to really become part of this gigantic growing Canadian hardcore scene now from the pandemic? Or was it something that you were always into and now is just the perfect time to be able to jump into this and really go full force into it? Yeah, I think when it came to uh, getting into hardcore, uh, for me personally, I've always kind of been around like hardcore and metalcore um the band that uh jordan was talking about that i play with danger like or we were kind of more of like a like a more prog metal band but i mean like i've been into you know i see we came as romans in the background over there and like to plant a seed was like my jam like back then when it first came out that was awesome and uh like one of my main influences is misery signals so just when it uh when jordan came to me with these songs 
songs I had been, you know, playing those other band songs of influence, you know, like Under Oath, Norma Jean, stuff like that, to the point where when he kind of came with to me with the ideas that he had, it was just really natural to come about with those ideas. So when it came to like learning the guitars for those songs, it everything kind of just felt natural with the ideas that he came forth. It was almost like I had been listening to that for so long that it was just it seemed almost like something I had kind of been like waiting to do for so long, but went down other avenues in the process. What about you? Honestly, it's um just like really in the past year, I've started listening to a lot more. Like I uh I listened to like a bit of Knock Loose and like Comeback Kid and stuff like that. But then I I just knew Jordy, and when I heard they were looking for a new drummer, I know Jordy's a great guy, so I wanted to jump on the opportunity. And then that kind of opened the world up to me a little bit, and I have been listening to it a bit more recently. But yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, I kind of really only got into hardcore when I joined Soul Pace. Uh, yeah, being being totally honest with you, like, I spent a lot of time during the pandemic, like, learning about just, like, production and kind of, like, I don't know, just trying to learn what I could do and, like, how I could record my own music and, like, get that kind of going. So I spent a lot of time just making demos and shit. And... I got really... Can I swear on this? Oh, fuck yeah, you can swear on this. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, I just gotta make sure. Um, So, yeah, I spent some time kind of, like, getting familiar with, like, Ableton and stuff and chatting with, like... I, I kind of, like, met Ian around, like, a little bit before the pandemic. And so by the time that, like, they were looking for a bass player, I just kind of had been so confident with my skills that I was like, yeah, I could, I could like, step up to the plate. It's super cool. So uh, the gentleman who was playing bass before had reached out and was like, hey, look, uh, we're, we're looking for a fill. You want to step in? And since then, it's been really sick. Like, we've had a really warm response from a lot of bands and, like, especially a lot of, a lot of like, the venues and promoters. Like, the you know, we seem to, to pull a crowd, which is sick. And, like, people seem to really like the sets, which is really, really sick. And we try to put a lot of love and care into it. Um, yeah, we've been kind of just exploring a lot of different even just like sonic avenues too, because now that we all kind of like have our toes a bit into production, when it comes to writing and like recording, like Jordy does all the writing, pretty much all the writing. And like, we kind of get the songs and, and we have room to like, you know, uh, take our own spin on things. Like if I want to write like a really sick bass line or like we want to change drum fills or like we want to change a whole arrangement, like a way the way that something's arranged, like we can do that, um, which is nice because we all kind of can work collaboratively and like make some sick some sick shit uh but yeah because we all have like a bit of an ear of what we want to hear it and none of us have an ego about like oh you know i need to have my stamp or whatever it's kind of just like we're throwing a bunch of stuff at the walls with a lot of the production stuff and like ian is the dude who's who's mixing and mastering and like engineering all of our stuff so uh we've had a lot of chats just about like you know, there's not really anything that isn't allowed in hardcore. It's just whatever gets the vibe across. And that's what I've kind of noticed with the scene is there's a lot of, like, rawness in their music. There's a lot of uh, just, like, willingness to kind of show whatever they want to show. And sometimes, yeah, it's that, like, frustration and anger from, you know, uh, a, a really a really shitty time, a really tough time. Um, but, yeah, I think 
as a band, we were kind of able to really harness that, honestly, and like put that into our music. Um, especially with the last few songs, I'm not gonna lie, like they're they're kind of angry. The production's really mm -hmm. intense. Ian's done a really really sick job. Ian's done a really really sick job on them. Uh, and it's 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 just gritty. The uh, I, I'm noticing that a, yeah, a lot of the music in the scene is really gritty, and I really I really fuck with it. Well, having more gritty music in the scene, having more of that raw sense to it just allows a lot more creativity behind there. And I like what you said where it's, you know, you guys don't have an ego where you have to have your sta someone stamping on it. It's you're just going for whatever is going to work with what you guys are trying to go for. And you know the vibe that you have to hit. But instead of just trying to like, OK, we have to follow this pattern. We have to hit this vibe. We have to include all this stuff in there. You can formulate it any way you want. You can just roll with it and have a blast with it. And you never know, it can lead to something where you have this idea of when you're writing songs, anything can happen. And unfortunately, I didn't want to cut you off, but I was going to ask your buddy that just walked in there because I was watching Scream 2 before we started shooting this. I wanted to ask him what his favorite scary movie was. Really let it get ripping. But you know what? <clears throat> he dipped out of the room too soon. I, unless he's like coming over here and is going to, you know, just do the exact same thing to me. That'll be, um, that'll be a trip. That'll be a trip. <laughs> he might pop out of the closet. Yeah, Soul Man is always uh, is always popping around. If he pops out of the closet, goes, "What's your favorite scary movie?" I'm just gonna look at him and just start, you know, you know. There's a lot of scary <laughs> movies that were a little bit too seen for me, but once I started listening to Silver Scream, I think a lot of those scary movies came into their own, commercially and artistically. Yeah, dude. Okay. Uh, great albums, by the way. Silver Scream and Silver Scream Part Two, Ice Nine Kills albums are fantastic. Absolutely oh, fantastic. Absolutely. But again, jumping back to you guys, it's it's yep. really cool to just kind of hear how all of you kind of got into hardcore and how especially, you know, not the pandemic, but just how the past couple of years have really helped formulate where you wanted to go with that and how it all came together, especially from I want to say the production side specifically, because when I was listening through your music, listening to what you guys had on Spotify, one thing that really stood out to me around your songs was I've heard a lot of hardcore that's on on Spotify right now especially checking out a lot of newer bands. And yeah, you can hear that rawness that is in the sound, but when it comes to the mix, you can you. really, really, really hear that roughness and rawness, which is fine. Thank Don't you. get me wrong. But the style that you guys have, like you can feel that it's raw. You can feel that it's just natural. But from the production side, you listen, I'm like, this is something that's crisp. Production-wise, it's clean. It's fluid. There's not this part in there where it sounds like it was recorded on a, like a flip camera in somebody's basement and you're hoping that the that the uh the audio just looks right and sounds right now it's like the production side that you guys went on specifically Tarek and Ian what you guys are able to do production wise work with what you guys know learn about it even more and put these things into there this stuff sounds like it was professionally produced already so I gotta give you props for that oh thanks man I really appreciate that yeah, when uh when Jordy came to me with the ideas, um, he just basically gave me like a front to back the whole song, just guitars. Mm -hmm. So we kind of had this like performed uh piece to work with. And I think my intention going in when it came to the production was I I did want it to sound like like it was kind of like played in a room and in that sense that, you know, Jordy was playing it, I could just kind of make the drums go to it but i didn't want it to sound because you know like you said you've listened to a lot of hardcore on spotify and you can kind of get that spectrum of the raw rawness where it's like it sounds like it was like you know recorded with like one or two mics or something like that but then you get the other side of it where it's like oh this sounds so to the grid on the nose almost like too crisp so we kind of wanted to find that balance of like 
oh it has that rawness like you know an album for me that defines that is lost in the sound of separation by under oath and yeah yeah it's like when you go listen to that like that sounds like super raw even though it was multi-track recorded so everything was recorded individually but it sounds like it was like a live off the floor kind of thing so i kind of wanted to bring that vibe so in terms of the production like the drum sounds super in your face and crisp but like i wanted to have it as if like the room it's like the guitars the rhythm guitars have a bit of room sound the drums have a bit of room sound the like synths have a bit of room sound there and i kind of the intention was to kind of make it all sound like it was in the same like room but you get that in your face punchiness and you know the reason why i kind of led the production at the beginning i think is because you were just starting to learn ableton at the time like during the pandemic yeah so you only knew how to record guitar so it was kind of more like out of necessity that i was kind of like bringing my uh, not only like my skill of like being able to produce, but like, you know, some, I got, I got to have some ideas like, Oh, what if we try this synth track, you know, because I think that kind of is something that has us like kind of stick out a little bit. It's like our production choices, like with the synths or some random little ear candy you hear about that. So that was kind of where I was able to put my flavor in, but now we're at a point where, you know, uh, with the new stuff we got going on, uh, Jordy's had a so much, production practice and you know he went to school for it and now he's at a point where you know yeah he, he now it like instead of it being like hey i have this guitar track let's try to do this he's just comes in with the full production session already he's like here's how it sounds here's how the song sounds i have the synths already picked out i have like the, the drums already like laid out and everything just is already like complete so it's cool because now we have more people to like reference like a target like if you hear his like mixes and his production it's like you're just hearing like everybody's on that same kind of like level of production or at least we have like now more than just one person to do that so then now like what's coming is like you know you still get that production but uh there's going to be a lot more like selection of like you know that grit and that kind of like in your face and this I really appreciate you saying that, by the way. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I think you really described it perfectly with what you were going for when it came to the production side, wanting it to sound like it was, had the production behind it, it had that crisp and clean feel behind it, but it wasn't overdone to the point where it doesn't sound like it's, you know, doesn't have that rawness of the hardcore feel to it. And the way you described it where it's like you have everything programmed, but you left a little bit of room in there. So it kind of sounds like everything is still in the same room together. It doesn't sound like it's, okay, we track this individually. Now we track this individually. And now we're trying to put the two together. Because when you're thinking about it, when you're thinking about hardcore, you think about just smash and grab, real just raw energy. You think about that kind of DIY feel to it at the same time too. And you want that in there because it perfectly encapsulates what the genre is. It perfectly encapsulates the idea of the genre going forward. And you listen to some of the big hardcore bands that are out there right now. I'll use Knock Loose as an example. You listen to the Terra yeah. Fabric of Life EP. Holy crap, it's, listen to God Knows and it's, yeah, is that cl- nicely produced? Yes, it is. But it still sounds raw. It still sounds energetic and it still sounds, you listen to the drums pounding and it's yeah, like you're, you're set in there. You do not want to leave that area and you still feel that rawness. When they play live, you still feel that rough and rawness to it. Yeah. That is the key capacity behind all of it. And what you guys are able to do already with your mindset and how all you guys are able to produce this stuff together and work as a team, 
yeah, you're able to create tracks that sound professionally produced, that have that feel to it, but still have that raw edge to it. So it doesn't sound like it's way too over the top and potentially commercialized in the same way where you're losing out on that authenticity that the core hardcore audience especially is connecting with. Yeah, exactly. When you kind of get that rawness, you want it to, because, you know, there is a specific sound that comes with hardcore, just like there's for metalcore or prog metal or, you know, rap or anything like that, like EDM, like there's a palette of sounds and with hardcore, you definitely want to touch on those just to like give the listener like a sense of familiarity but it's got to punch and it's got to be as loud enough because when you're listening to it in a rotation like spotify you want it to kind of be on that same level so there's got to be yeah you really got to like make sure you're hitting that like spot that when you hear something in rotation it's like you have to turn the volume up a little bit more or something like that like it's just it just sits in there really nicely so i think that was like a huge aim for us was to have that like you know, like industry standard, I guess, like level of like, just like mixing wise, production wise, because then when we play live, like you're going to play with speakers and stuff. So there's going to be stuff that amplifies the voice and, you know, we all trust in each other and how we perform. So it really just is locked in. And with the, you know, loudness of the speakers, like it translates the same way. Like you were saying with like knock loose, when you see them live, like the drums hit, but it sounds so raw and you know there's it's not like perfectly to the grid there's a little bit of push and pull some parts are like a little bit slower when the band plays maybe some parts are a little bit more rushed up but that's totally cool because they're all locked in together and you hear the loudness out of like a sound system so it just is there like always like you're always going to get that yeah and and between the recorded version and the live version too it's you want to give people a similar but different experience because when you're listening to it in a recorded version, you might be in your car, you might have your earbuds in, you have your headphones on while you're in the gym. You might just be having a bad day. You might just blast it through your speakers and have this yeah. whole entire moment of fuck this shit ah! and have a blast with it. But when you're seeing it live to it, you know, maybe it's, it all depends upon how the band's performing live, how you guys are going to perform it. It depends upon what the crowd is anticipating, how the energy of the crowd is flowing from one set to the next that night. Because yeah, if the crowd is flowing a little bit faster and they want more of that, you know, faster pace stuff. Yeah. Maybe you're going to take those songs and increase them a little bit in speed so that you can absolutely maximize out on that. Still, it's a similar experience, but in a different capacity to keep up with that and to give people the absolute experience that they need. But also, let's be honest, if people have to turn up your, like are listening to Spotify or whatnot, and a song of yours comes on and they have to turn it up, it should not be because the volume levels are completely different on these tracks. They should be turned up because they're like, holy shit, I want to make sure that my whole entire neighborhood listens to this track and they have no saying it they are listening now crank it up to 11 breach breach yeah no and and you know honestly uh with our live stuff it's kind of sick so because we all do like there's a strong production background uh between all of us we actually have our whole set like to a click and so we have like a laptop with us and it plays our backing tracks so that's how we have a lot of our like synth layers and the risers and stuff so a lot of that kind of push and pull is really in our performance, which is pretty sick. And, you know, you say, you know, what people expect. We've actually had a lot of people between the last few shows, especially, uh, you know, so we played uh, we, we played a kind of a big show. I, and I'm stoked to talk about it. Uh, so we opened for a few really sick bands. Um, so some local homies that we love, Auras, uh, they're like a, a gent prog band, uh, Traders, which are super, super sick. 
Upon a Burning Body, which is a super fucking sick band, and uh, Boo, Born of Osiris was the headliner. It was a, it was an unreal show. It was a crazy show, and uh, it was pretty sick because like it was a hometown show for one, but two, we knew that not a lot of people who were coming knew us, so we could kind of go in and be as hectic and chaotic as we wanted to. And so I've noticed, especially like in the last in the last few shows we've just kind of gotten so locked in with the music that we've we're we're willing we are willing to sacrifice a tiny bit of the note accuracy to be entertaining to be fun to be fun and uh that is really i find what like gets the crowd engaged and like jordy actually is the sickest he's so sick as a front man um he really engages everyone like at every show. Our last show was actually a basement show in this city called London. Uh, it's actually in the same venue. We're, we're playing it. Uh, we're playing it on Friday, which is kind of sick. Um, it's called Dog Pit. Uh, shout out Gage. Shout out Endies. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're playing this basement show. It's a super like kind of warm and inviting environment. But we are we know we're the heaviest band on the bill. We know it's a Halloween show. We got one of our homies who uh, does VJing, like video jockeying. He's prepping a light show for us. So I know this will come out after the show so I can talk about it. He was cutting up some like Happy Tree Friends footage and like <laughs> layering it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fucking wild. And like with our live footage and he was literally like layering the Happy Tree Friends uh, kill montage, death montage that he made over our live footage. So we, yeah, like we're, we're bringing a lot of fun shit to the, to our, our shows and people really clearly like it. Like we've, uh, we gave some stuff away at our last shows. Uh, so the last show, the one, the person who moshed the hardest got a pocket Bible that we got from a place called Bar Burrito, uh, cause we were eating burritos, uh, and a condom cause one of us had it in our, in our backpacks. <laughs> uh, cause you know, it's important to, uh, Nah, Be safe. I don't know. It's what we had. It's what we had. <laughs> because that is obviously what our band is about. And uh, the, the other show, the show before that, Jordy had a stick of beef jerky that he gave to someone. So, and honestly, the person who won it ended up walking around and uh, feeding it to the band, which was kind of hype. So it was nice. Yeah, we, we we like to we like to do some fun stuff just to like engage people and make sure that like when they walk away from a soul pace show that they, they had a good time but they were engaged and and it was just fun. That's what you want in a show is you want people to be engaged. You want people to be there and remember what your show was like and remember the positive times they had and what you were talking about where it's you're gonna sacrifice some note accuracy on purpose to make sure that what you're doing is gonna be more most entertaining but also get the crowd the most involved. I do have a theory on that where depending upon what kind of band you are, if your band, like I'll use tool as an example. Yeah. I want to see tool be as precise as possible and not miss a note because that is their whole MO. I want to see that in a live setting. If I'm seeing a band, I'll use knock loose as an example. When it comes to hundred percent note accuracy, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for the energy to be up high and I'm waiting for the breakdowns to hit as hard as possible. And I'm waiting for that pit to be as crazy as absolute mayhem. Like, that's what I'm expecting. That's what I want. If you're going to hit on that, that's what I'm looking for. 
you guys have that mentality where it's, yeah, we might not be the most technically precise band live, but we're doing that because, well, we aren't technically precise. We're doing it because it's going to amplify the live show. And when you're playing a live show, what matters is the people that are in that room in front of you because you have an absolute impact on how they're feeling, their mood, what they think of you guys. Who cares about what people on Twitter are saying or if anybody that's putting different random comments somewhere that's like, like on like on the uh, hardcore subreddit, oh, they didn't play technically precise. Well, they well, who cares? You weren't at the show. They, they're not the person that's being affected right now. It's the people that are at that show. And when you're yeah. putting crazy stuff around there, you know, you have a whole you have a VJ that you're working with. Happy tree friends. And you guys are reminding me of my friends <laughs> in the band. You guys are reminding me of two bands. One, I recently just saw them open up for Polaris called Pale Dusk. Just yeah, the, yo, Pale those, Dusk is sick. They're those, so sick. Those guys are just love them. Yeah, just just freaking wild. Like just kind of like with that stage presence. But then the band that did the stage presence, but also if they ever get a video board, the shit that happens with that video board is nuts. Is my friends in the band Avoid? If you ever get a chance to go see Avoid, go do it. If they get yeah, if they get a video board, they'll be playing on stage. And their merch guy will actually connect to the video board with his Nintendo Switch, and he'll play Fortnite while the band, on the video board. While the band <laughs> is so it's like it's it's that kind of stuff where it's like you know you think it might take away from it, but if it's gonna amplify the show and get people even more to it, like if you guys would be playing as hard as possible, and I'm moshing, and all of a sudden I see the backdrop is Happy Tree Friends Death Montage. You gotta be kidding me! You 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 think I'm not not gonna think that's cool? I would think it's the coolest thing ever, and that's gonna make me want to mosh harder. That's gonna make me want to oh, hit yeah. people harder. It's gonna make me want to remember you guys and be like, "Holy shit!" You know what you guys should do for the next one? Use this clip. <laughs> for real, yeah, we've been uh, we've been really trying to make sure that it's you know like we okay we honestly we know that our, our music um hold, holds its weight and we're, we're happy with the music you know we're, we're really really happy i think with, with the music that we put out um so yeah when we're when we're engaging people in any capacity in any live capacity you're right the point is to engage the people who are like in the room feeling the moment there and i yeah i mean none, none of us really care if anyone is like oh my god i saw them in like i saw them in a video and i heard this wrong note because yeah everyone in the room is having a good time and uh like jordy super jordy is so fun uh so fun as a front man yeah he he like pretty much always will take the mic and mosh so like the last so dog pit the place we played at uh the stage has like a dog cage around it so that's a dog pit <laughs> uh so it's it's an open top cage right we're not caged but like uh it's got a cage around it and jordy just like took the mic outside of the cage and was just moshing with everyone and like he's super down to shove people around and just like have a good time and yeah that's just it like we want to make sure especially because you know we've been as we started to like play some some shows and more frequently we've not every show is uh, an opener now which is nice but when we were opening shows uh it's we got to get people engaged you got to get the crowd warmed up and like well real shit you got to get them ready for like the next couple bands right so it's good to have someone who just kind of will command the command the room and 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 have that energy and make sure that people are feeling it because yeah like we we know that sonically they're gonna feel it the music is good the live mix is really good because again you know we've got someone who like We've got two people who really know live sound really well uh, on the team. So it it's kind of goes without a hitch. 
Say jumping into the pit live, moshing with the mic in your hand. Jordy, don't tell me with a good time, man. That just sounds phenomenal. Fuck yeah, dude. You just drink a bunch of fucking like tea and shit before the show. Like I had a tea before we did this interview. It's so hard to sit still right now, man. I'm so fucking hyper right now. <laughs> oh, I'd dude. do I would do this whole thing naked if like if you know, if it was a thing, but I'm not going to. I mean, if if you did, I'd have to do a little bit more editing to make sure that your whole yeah. like, most of your body was blurred out and whatnot. But yeah, I, I don't want to put you through that. Well, th- well, well. First off, thank you for that. Secondly, <laughs> if I had to get put through that, I'd just be like, oh boy, here we go. But it would definitely be a trip to try and figure that out, or just have like the band's logo like follow you around as like a sensor. Yeah, yeah. Bar. <laughs> yeah, the little face of the guy right here. <laughs> yeah. Or we'll just have Ian just like hold Togepi in front of you, just like follow you around with. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. It, it 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 could work. I don't know. I mean, but but just again, thinking about what you guys were just talking about, just with that kind of style of music, with that with Jordy, with your kind of style of being a front man, with that kind of mentality, especially when you guys were opening a lot of these shows, yeah, that's gonna be stuff that people are gonna remember, especially if it's for a hardcore setting. It's somewhere people might not know your music. People are gonna be there for the headlining bands, of course, or even maybe some of the other openers. But to try and get you guys into them, it's like, okay, how can we get them into it? How can we get them warmed up? If you guys are jump, if people are starting moving, you jump into the crowd. Holy shit. Okay. Now we're into this. Now this is a whole different perspective. Now if I'm moshing, I'm like, shit, I want to go and potentially I'm like, I want to mosh with the lead singer. But at the same time, I also don't want to accidentally hurt him because they might have to play another yeah. show the next day. And I do not want to make them miss that show. But if you come flying in at me and try and take me down and be like, he's oh, on. And then things click in my brain and then I go back yeah. to the time I remember a security guard wanted to go one-on-one with me in the pit and I my eyes grew wide and I was like I can actually hit a security guard in the pit and not have any bad consequences happen to me yeah that's Fuck tight. It, let's do it that's the kind of shit that you're like hoping for and the shit you remember from shows as fans and if you guys are gonna provide that every single day <laughs> yeah, yeah you gotta dude. go see your shit live I always get worried though because like um, cause I have the mic and I hold it really close to my face and shit. Like when, when I'm, uh, I don't know, like sitting and stuff and when you're mosh stuff, so I always have this thing in my head that someone's going to hit it and it's going to like knock my teeth out or something. So I always get worried like, fuck man, I hope I don't do something to a tooth or something. Or I'm going to get, have to get like veneers or some shit, you know, or get like dentures or something. But I always worry about that. That's the one thing in my head, but it's like, I don't know. You're going to like do something, you know, I'm not like Josh Groban where I can just like, hit like crazy notes and shit so you gotta like make it worth people's time and everything you just have fun right i mean what if you were to jump in the pit and just go full josh groban and try and hit some immaculate notes <laughs> yeah you raise me up or some shit like that like in a mosh <laughs> it would be so tight hey if you really want to do it though all of a sudden just jump in the pit and just all of a sudden be like you guys ready to fucking mosh and then yeah. cover something by creed Oh yeah, I did a Creed at karaoke not too long ago. I would love the first time, dude. When we ever get like an hour set, a hundred percent, we're putting the Creed song in the middle, even just the chorus or something like that. It's it's so gonna happen for sure. Just all of a yeah. sudden, you're gonna go into the pit and you're like all of a sudden, all right, surf me there, and you're just gonna lay down, just like let's go away, let's make <laughs> our escape. Come on, let's go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and dude. You take me higher. Oh. Yeah, higher. <laughs> I get like the silver pants he had on in the video too. 
Oh, absolutely. Or the uh, 2001 Thanksgiving Day football game uh, halftime show yeah. they did. He's flying. <laughs> you guys need to find somebody to hang on some sheets and just go flying around the video. Yeah, dude. Cirque du Soleil hardcore. Hey, hey, if you guys were to if you guys able to cover a Creed song in a hardcore version, that would be something that I'm almost dead certain you put it out there, it goes on TikTok, goes on Instagram Reels or something. Everyone's going to be like, wait, this exists? And they're going to be like, shit, is there a full version out there? Why, yes, there is. And you can go listen to it right now from Soul Pace. Yeah. Yeah, you can get it right now. It would be kind of rad. They just do like, yeah, random covers of like 2000s, like, like ass rock and stuff. They'll just yep, do and- like, yeah, just fucking Creed and stuff. I would love to do like some Nickelback too. With Shine Down, a Saliva. <laughs> Or uh, Chevelle, <laughs> I thought it was a guitar company. Just, just a uh, hardcore version of "I'm so addicted to all the things you do." Yeah, dude, that'd be cool. Simple plan. <laughs> a whole oh, boatload of stuff, man. Yeah, but I'm like, if you guys are gonna do one, start out with Creed, especially with the way that people are getting into Creed once again, more and more. Like as time goes on, it's yeah. And I know they're like doing like reunion cruises next year. It's like no, no, no. Yeah. Now's the time if you're gonna make a hardcore cover of a Creed song, this is the year to do it. Yeah, all the planets are aligning in Creed's favor <laughs> right now. If we do that, we're gonna go so much more press. But I'm so down. If we can get some of that, you know, change coming in from that, I'm so, I'm so game. I'm kind of half expecting by the end of the year now, I'm going to get a message from uh, you guys and be Tark like, hey, you know that uh, Creed hardcore cover you mentioned? Yeah, it's ready. Here you go. Can <laughs> you push this? I'll be like, motherfucker, we're putting this shit out there. Let's go. It would be kind of rad. We might have to do it, dude. It's kinda, that'd be kind of cool. I'm trying to speak this into existence right now. I'm trying to speak it and like get you guys yeah. convinced enough to actually pull this off. Just manifest it. I think it's I think it's like four chords or something. Like it wouldn't you know, we could so do that. You see, it, it, it makes it makes a lot of sense and all of a sudden you never know what might happen. It's gonna be it might be that one song where all of a sudden it's when people go and see play live, there'd be a lot of great songs out there, but it could be that one song where people are like I cannot wait to see what happens when this song comes out. I wanna I wanna go I want to mosh. I want to fucking slam it. I want to go just absolutely ape crazy to Creed, but hardcore. Creed. Yeah, that would be the perfect encore too. You can't top like Creed in general. Then you play like hardcore Creed, like Creed on heroin. Yeah, but it's like oh, it's like yeah, you like everything shuts down. Everyone's <laughs> like one more song, and then all of a sudden you get this like production to kind of come up with the lights, and all of a sudden you just hear in the back, "Can you take me high?" <laughs> And then, and you just get like a little like spotlight like video of the uh of the guy in the sheets just flying around. <laughs> then the lights go off, and then you guys just go full into the song, and everyone's just in awe of what the hell they just witnessed. The sheet guy. Shoot, Jordy, so you might cool. have to be the sheet guy. You might just be flying around. <laughs> That's not. I got such bad motion sickness, dude. If I can't sit in the back. Of a car, there's no way I'm gonna last flying a sheet through the air. But there's <laughs> so much gravel after it's crazy. Dang. Well, we'll, we'll I'll, find... I'll try it for you. Well, 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 try it for me. The the show I get to go see you guys at. That's when you try it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Let us know when you're coming, and we'll play the Creed cover, and I'll fly from the rafters, being held up by like Fruit of the Loom t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we can afford. We can't get those big ropes. 
you know what? If we get Fruit of the Loom t-shirts, we'll do that. Or what we'll do is we'll go to like a resale store. We'll just get a couple of like white bed sheets. We'll tie them together and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, man. I'm down. I'll do it. Perfect. And oh, yeah. kind of taking a look at where you guys are right now. I mean, growing in the Canadian hardcore scene right now. I mean, you guys are already talking about what you're doing live show wise to stand out from the crowd. What's one of the biggest positives that you've seen with the growing Canadian hardcore scene that you guys are now a part of since, you know, really got really got amplified since the pandemic? I've noticed it's a lot more diverse now. I'm seeing a lot more women in the scene, a lot more queer people in the scene. Um, it's yeah, it's just a lot more diverse. Seems to be a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It seems to be like a little like you want to change things a little bit more because there is some weirdness overall in the scenes in general. And sometimes weirdos get in, you know, in scenes and stuff because it's like anything really. So I think people just want to try and have like a positive time and um and yeah, just really go for it. And so, yeah, I think, I think the diversity is really cool. Um, I think in, in general, just the energy of the band seems to be really up and everything, especially since COVID too, just going to concerts in general has been super cool. Cause usually the people appreciate it a lot more and aren't so like spoiled with it. And so, and I, I've noticed that from hardcore bands, especially, especially like this whole year. Like if you just look on Instagram and start clicking, Oh, that band's from, toronto and then see who follows them or whatever and just find more bands you can find so many bands and there's some in montreal too um so yeah i just i i appreciate all the diversity and everything and just the energy everyone has it's super rad it's so cool you know it's good to switch it up that's a good positive to have especially when it comes to hardcore just trying to have a place where a lot of people have a lot more of a just accepting a lot more people and having that open space where people feel safe to you know express themselves through this music and seeing more and more people from all these different backgrounds, all these different orientations, getting into it and being accepted with open arms through it all from not only all the bands in the scene, but all the fans are a part of as well that make up the scene. It just gives the scene a lot more of this specialness to it to where, yeah, in, in life, you know, there's all these different clicks, all these different groups and whatnot. And there's a lot of people that don't fit into them, but you can go here, you can let out that rage, you can let out that aggression, and you're going to be doing with a lot of people that don't give a shit about, you know, don't don't put any superficial ideas or any different discriminations or prejudices based on where you come from. All they care about is, is hey, you're here, you want to be here, you want to have a good time, let's have a good time together, let's make this the best place possible so that everyone can come here and enjoy just being themselves. Yeah, because music is such like it's such a universal thing. Like everybody enjoys music, so everybody enjoys music. So it's it's got to be more. You know, why not be so welcoming to everybody who can, you know, go through it and like express themselves? Especially with hardcore, it's so cathartic, right? Like everybody goes through catharsis. So to you know narrow that down to like only these people can enjoy hardcore. It's it it just. You know, it's so great to see that you know, when we play shows and we've been going to shows, you know, especially right coming out of the pandemic, like, you know, I remember the first time I kind of witnessed that was um, there was a place in Hamilton called the Kill Room. Shout out to the Kill Room. It's a indoor skate park. And I remember just when we saw a show there, you can kind of sit on top of the skate bowl and just see the whole crowd. And I was just like, wow, like this looks so different than what it was in like you know 2016 2017 let alone like 2008 like it's 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 really cool and um yeah it's gone a lot bigger too you know i think 
one thing uh, from the pandemic was a lot of people kind of there there was that sense of catharsis and that sense of like uh i don't really know it, it wasn't like negative but it was definitely like ag- aggressive in a way that people wanted to let out that aggression and i think hardcore metal kind of coming back on the rise was like a huge indicator of that you know people wanted to go to shows and just like mosh and just like toss them around not just toss themselves around like you know not just to it, it was more in the sense of just like letting out that aggression and just like you know doing something you've never really done before because I think people kind of saw metal shows from more of like afar. You know, people would be like, oh, like, you know, the mosh pit is like crazy, but it's a little too, like, maybe not for me or something like that. But it's cool now because people like toss themselves in a mosh pit. There's, you know, not as much like crowd killing, mm-hmm. which is like nice. Like, you get to see people kind of just like, you know, can throw themselves in a mosh and, you know, not have to walk out with like the, you know, any, any blood or anything like that, which is kind of nice, you know, and it's like, and it's just really cool to see like there's a lot more like, welcomeness into the scene whether it comes like different styles different groups of people it's really great like it's awesome yeah i think that's pretty well said too especially on the end of being you know it's seeing people jump into the pit more because it's less crowd killing and people are less afraid of the fact that if they're going to jump in there they don't think they're going to come out there and just have blood coming down the side yeah. of their face of course, is that always a possibility every time you enter the pit? Yes. Has that happened to me before? Yes. I've had I've been bleeding from my face for I've broken a finger before and Oh I, damn. Yep, I, I broke a finger and then I went down to the medical people. They looked at it like it looks like it's kind of set back incorrectly, but they pulled it back out and set it back in. Didn't have a splint, so we just taped it together. And oh, then damn. I ran back upstairs because I did not want to miss seeing a day to remember headline. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I was going to mosh for one song. I'm like, I don't want to mess up a broken finger. I put the one song in my head and that's what they open with. And then all of a sudden they play, (laughs) yeah, they open with right back at again. I'm like, okay, now they go to second sucks. I can't not mosh to second sucks. (laughs) Then they play paranoia. I'm like, I cannot be, I can't not be in this giant circle. A second broken finger. And then three, after three songs, I'm like, I got this. I'm throwing everyone around left shoulder, left arm, right hand with the broken finger. I'm looking like I'm saying the pledge of goddamn allegiance. So my finger doesn't break. I'm just, every time I get just push right against here, right against here. And it was fine. So yeah, even, even when you get hurt, it's like people are not in these pits. Like people are not going to be like, Oh my God, keep them down there. No, the the number one goal is always, if someone falls down, you pick them right back up up. and it is followed religiously now. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the unspoken rule for sure. Like, you know, and a lot of people even, you know, uh, I don't know if you had any friends, you know, where you they go to their metal, their first metal show, and they're like, "Oh, the mosh pit!" Like, I don't know, and you know, the, it's always the first thing you tell them. Like, it's not an unspoken rule, but it's the first thing you tell them. Like, don't worry, if you fall down, like people will pick you up. Like, you'll just get people to pick you up. Like, no problem. Like you said, are you gonna get, uh, you know, kicked in the head, baby? Like, it might happen, but it's you know, it's it's sometimes like I've definitely been through those instances. I don't know if you guys have, but like. You know, you've been like in the front, you're like enjoying it. And then suddenly you get like a kick in the head and you're like, oh, it's some guy like crowd surfing from behind me trying to get to the front. You're like, OK, well, I guess I couldn't prevent that one. But, you know, what have you had any like things happen to the Bosch pit before? I got dropped once crowd surfing. But again, like before I knew what happened, people had literally lifted me up. Like everyone is so like they're all looking out for each other so much and taking care of each other. But yeah, I uh, I realize 
I was going like head first to the front and but then like I'm a, I'm too big to be <laughs> crowd surfing but like my whole body got gets dropped on people so I always go feet first now and I've never had an issue again. <laughs> Not bad, not bad. And it's just somewhere you guys are taking part in it too. And it just brings a lot more connectivity to the scene that, you know, a lot of the bands that are in it too, it's you guys are going to shows, you're in the crowd and you're connecting with people in all sorts of ways. It's a beautiful thing. I've got one more question for you guys before we wrap this up. It's something I ask everybody. I asked the guys in Rust this and I'm asking you guys the same exact question because I want to put a spotlight more on the Canadian hardcore scene. So I'm going to give each of you guys one. Can each of you guys give me one band from the Canadian hardcore scene that we should be checking out? The bands I will disqualify from this are Rust because we had Rust on the podcast and the three bands that they gave me, which were Bad Bet, Fight on Sight, and Rockpile. I I really loved uh, Constrain. We played with them in Milton like a month ago, but yeah, they're really awesome. Very raw and aggressive sounding, but yeah. I got to show some love to the boys in Single Wound from Woodbridge. You got to check them out. If anybody wants some like good, like super high energy stuff, Single Wound. And shout out Cole, uh, one of our our first song, I Am Nothing. He's the guest vocalist in there. So yeah, shout out Single Wound. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a few in mind, but I'll say, I'll say Reality Denied. And because they're they're cool live, and their singer one time had Fubu jeans on, from like two thousand, like giant Fubu jeans, and it was I was like, that's so tight, dude. That's so cool. And so I'm gonna say them because of that, and their music's cool, and they're fun, and everything to watch live. They're cool. So reality denied. I am gonna shout out uh, Brantford Beatdown Band called Panic Response. Uh, they're fucking sick. They're so, so sick. And shout out my boy, Will, who is now officially their bass player, who also takes some sick photography. But yeah, Panic Response is fucking sick. We're playing with them in December, in January in Toronto. Uh, that's going to be an all-ages show, which is going to be pretty sick. We're actually throwing that show, uh, which is pretty fucking sick. Um... Super heavy, super raw. Production is really massive. And uh, you, you'll you probably break your neck listening to their new album. Oh, I like the sound of that. I, and I have two main motives. For, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, can I add one more? Can I cheat and add one more? Okay, cheat and add one more. I'll allow it. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, best Stage Presence, a band called 027. We played a show with them and it was the sickest shit. I got it like I it's like the it's like talking about memorable stuff at shows like it was in the energy like there was one point where the vocalist it's like a three piece band. So it's like a guitarist, vocalist, bassist and drummer. The singer like he's rocking out, you know, he's like headbanging, he's got long hair and the mic stand falls over and, you know, someone's going to go and pick up the mic stand to get it. But he literally just nose dives into the floor while still playing and is like screaming into the mic. And then the last part of the song, he's just he just creates a bunch of feedback with his guitars and he throws it on the ground and he just darts to the end of the room while like pushing people and moshing people. And you just don't see him for the rest of like the set. Like the feedback's going crazy. The band's still like performing. And then the show just ends. The feedback is still going and he's just nowhere to be found. And the band just like packs up his shit. And it was just like it was just such a like it was so memorable. Like it was just so 
Yeah, I was just like, I was like, yeah, like just speechless. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like crazy. Zero two seven. Yeah, check those guys out as well. Absolutely. I always ask that. I ask that specifically for you guys for two reasons. One, I want to help put more of a spotlight in the Canadian hardcore scene, so I want to see other bands that haven't been mentioned yet. And secondly. I also take these suggestions and I like to try and reach out to these bands and be like, Hey, let's get more of you guys in the yeah. podcast. Let's keep building this up. So thank you for the 100%. suggestions for everyone to listen to and for me to try and help bring on this podcast. Well, to help grow the scene in my own capacity. And now as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I'd like to do is give my guests, which is you guys in soul pays a chance to do whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever promote the other podcast. So gentlemen, the floor is yours. Okay. So, uh first of all thank you for having us on that was super fun we've never done anything like this before so that was rad thank you very much um and we just put out we put out a song um oh man i guess it was the beginning of september now so uh it's called push them away um it's really fast and heavy and it's super fun live so check that out uh follow us all of our socials tiktok and instagram are uh called soulpays.wave uh and yeah, check us out on there. We're always on there. You can say hi and whatever. We'll talk back to you and everything like that. And uh, yeah. So yeah, that was fun, man. Thanks so much. And yeah, fuck yeah. I'm stoked. Hell yeah. Perfectly. Well said. Now it's this podcast with three specific things. First things first, when it comes to finding soul pays online, anything you want to find them, socials, where to listen to their music, where to find them and playing live shows, all that stuff. You don't have to Google it. I'm going to be your own personal Google. Go to the description of the podcast where it says find soul pays online. Oh, Links yeah. and labels for everything are going to be down there so you don't miss a beat. Stay in touch with these guys. Follow these guys. Listen to their stuff. It's good stuff. Now, step for number two. Gentlemen, whenever you guys to the podcast, I enjoy the podcast. I tend to make a certain promise that says, thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your time and I would like to continue to support the van in the future. And gentlemen, you hit on this. So it's not an if. Fuck saying if. If implies it might not happen. I say when. I say when because it implies this is going to happen. We just don't have a day or time yet. When I get to you gentlemen before live for the first time, I'm going to go all Liam Neeson on your asses from Taken as I will look for you. I will pursue you. I will find you. I will master your music. I will say hi. And first round's on me. Please do, man. That would be awesome. I'd love that. Hell yeah. We're making it happen. And now, number three, as we bring this to its full conclusion, I cannot say goodbye because this was hell of a lot of fun. I want to make sure I bring you guys back on the podcast because you guys are freaking electric and I made you a promise. I'm making good on that promise. So this is not goodbye, my friends. This is. I'll see you later. Woo! Well, folks, this is my interview with the guys from Soul Pays, Tarek, Jordy, Ian, and Mitch. Now it's time for Kevin's final thought. This is the band that I love just already talking to because when it comes down to them being a new band, getting known, especially getting known in the Canadian hardcore scene, they are doing everything they can to make sure that they are getting known and that their live show is something you don't want to miss. I mean... Jump into the crowd, mosh you with the crowd, literally during your set, a whole entire VJ thing where they're going to have happy tree friends playing in the background and synced up perfectly to their music. I mean, how insane is that? There's something there to be said about how this band is going about this and working to connect with so many other people and connect with so many other fans that might not know them. And they're doing it all based upon they know what their music has to sound like in terms of sonic emotion what they can throw in there is throwing anything they want but when it comes to playing a live show they're going to make sure they connect with you on every step of the way they're going to make sure they bring that energy they bring that rawness they bring that authenticity which is something that we are seeing heavily 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 in the canadian hardcore scene right now 
and I need to put a huge, huge, you know, just endorsement on it because it's bands like that that really you want to go see. You do not want to miss them out anytime they come by you. Like Pale Dusk, when I got to go see Pale Dusk open for Polaris, I didn't know who they were, but I'm like, this band reminds me of like Avoid, but they're Japanese and they're just as wild. Avoid is the perfect example of it. <clears throat> if I get to see Benny and the Boys play live, I do not want to miss out on any single second because I know that show's going to be one of the most wild shows I ever get to see. You do not want to miss out on something like this. And Soul Pays does it very similarly as well with that mindset. And they're in a scene that's going to be welcoming to you. So come on out, go see a show. If you're going to be around that area in February, that's my plan to go out to Canada, see a couple of shows, have some fun, maybe do a <coughs> TSN style podcast at a venue. Let's make it happen, everybody. When it comes to Soul Pays Online, go link strip to the podcast where it says find Soul Pays Online, links labels for everything to follow along with them, get along with them. Also, be sure to follow us on social media as well for the Corporate Coach Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, link strip to the podcast below. Hit subscribe right down here if you're on YouTube. Hit that follow button if you're on Spotify, Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon. Also, like this episode as well so it gets pushed in the algorithm. Leave a comment if you liked it. Leave a comment what you thought about Soul Pace. Leave a comment what you thought about my crazy ass too. Now, thank you boys. This was great. We're going to dive deeper into Canadian hardcore in coming episodes. So on that note, that's for you guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Card Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. Hey! Let us know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all!